0: From Carr, Riggs & Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast. An accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo.
1: Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining today's episode of It Figures. I'm Tom Carmichael, and I'm CRI's manufacturing industry line leader. I'm a partner in the firm. Uh, my experience in the manufacturing field, uh, I've got over 25 years uh, serving manufacturing clients, started out working with a lot of textile clients, uh, and have a lot of experience also with some food processors. And I'm joined today by Scott Bailey, who's one of our leading manufacturing partners, and uh, Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background?
0: Thanks, Tom. I'm a partner out of the Raleigh, North Carolina office. And um, I've had almost 20 years of experience with a mix of of, of manufacturing and distribution, uh, both from a public accounting perspective, as well as from an internal audit perspective. So I've, I've seen it from a lot of different angles uh, and in a lot of different industries as well. I've worked with with some contract manufacturers. Uh, I've worked with pharmaceutical manufacturing and generics, as well as some of the the more traditional supply chain manufacturing as well. So had had a lot of lot of opportunities to take a look at this industry from from a lot of different perspectives. And it's it's one that both Tom and I enjoy working with quite a bit. So you know, the, the, this is definitely an area where we, we we've we spent a lot of time uh, and and put a lot of focus.
1: Absolutely. And thanks, Scott. And so we, we've got a great topic today. You know, we're going to discuss controlling manufacturing costs and, you know, share some some uh, some techniques and some strategies that we've seen, you know, some of our uh, better managed and more profitable clients employ over the years. But but before we jump into really talking about the different types of costs and and, and some of those techniques, you know, I, I want to touch on one of Peter Drucker's core principles, and you know, that was if uh, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. And you know, what you're measuring, whether it be you know cost or different type of soft topics that may not necessarily involve dollars, Uh, you know, it may be processes actually that, you know, you're measuring and monitoring too. Uh, So, you know, Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, the reporting systems that maybe you've seen in place and what some of our clients have developed as they they look to truly measure those costs or those key performance indicators that, you know, sort of keep them on track and and how they're managing costs and, and their business with it. Sure, Tom. And
0: um, really, one thing i would I would say is that the systems in place for that are are less important than the data. Making sure that you have good data and that not only do you have it, but you're looking at it on a regular basis, that you're you're actually using that data to drive your decision making. that is that is absolutely critical. And for some of our best manufacturers and distribution companies, They've always got an eye on that data, so and and, and this covers the gamut of their businesses. This covers uh, costs from raw material to uh, labor to their indirect costs and overhead. It, it covers the whole thing, um, and and you know all the way down through their processes from, you know, that's obviously on the, on the production side, but also on the inventory management and the sales side. As we know, several of our businesses fluctuate depending on the time of year or depending on buying patterns of, of, of customers. And on the cost side, costs can vary based on when certain raw materials tend to be more available than others. In particular, if you look at industries that are dependent upon uh, natural resource raw materials, uh, a, a lot of the production for that can, can vary based on the time of year and the distance from supplier to, uh, to your business. So the key thing is to have that data. And if you're looking at that data, that should drive your decision making process uh, across any of the topics that we discussed today. So, Tom, I hope I got to the question you were asking. Is that I, I think what's what's more important is that you're you're letting you're letting the data drive the decision making. It's a little bit like the quarterback of a football team letting the game come to the player rather than trying to force the player trying to force the play on the game. Does that make sense?
1: It, it certainly does. And again, it, it's back to what you said. It's not so much you know. Um, how you're doing it, but what you're doing in terms of tracking those costs. You know, we <clears throat> we have some clients who who have a fully integrated production system that you know that's tracking those costs and it's it's you know overlaid and and uh, and integrated with the general ledger. And then we have some who are tracking those costs, maybe necessarily separate from the general ledger. But again, as long as they're doing a great job of that and they have a process that works for them, they can get to where they need to be to identify the information they need to, uh, to measure what it is they want to measure. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, you know, we've talked a little bit about the, you know, measuring, uh, that these key performance indicators are costs, you know, let's jump into maybe some of the different types of costs and, you know, what we see some of our clients, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the issues that, that they deal with that maybe, you know, Let's jump in to talk a little bit about labor costs and, you know, some of the issues that we see out there. Why don't you share some of your, you know, some of your recent experiences with us?
0: Well, obviously, right now, uh, this is a particularly sensitive issue, Uh, as it always is. uh, Labor cost is always one of the most significant costs that every business that we're involved with, not just manufacturing distribution, but every business. uh, This is one of their most significant costs across the board. And it's also one of the more difficult to, uh, to measure and to control. Certainly, there are portions of it that are more measurable than others, and that is in terms of your direct labor application, what do you really need to keep production moving? But also important to this is, uh, and while it's a little less measurable, I think is equally important. Tom and I generally agree that if, if you can't measure it, You can't improve it. The one area where I would say that is not 100% true initially, but eventually becomes true, is when it comes to making sure that the team members you have, that the labor you have, that not just are they productive, but that they're also bought into your business philosophy, that they're bought into making sure that the business is, is operating as it's intended, uh, both from an efficiency standpoint, but also ensuring that uh, where cost savings are achieved, that those areas have an eye on the long view. That you know we're not making changes to cost w- with a short term game, long term difficulty, and and a lot of that's in the mentality. Making sure that the people who are responsible for for creation of the product, for managing those who are creating the product that everybody's facing the same direction, that everybody's got the same approach to the business. And as much as possible, that they're seeing the business through your perspective. And while that's not initially cost savings, that has tremendous benefits on both costs and sales and other elements of productivity throughout the entire operation. So that for me, Tom, that's one of the most important things to focus on uh, and, and in addition to that, you know, we, we, we keep going back to data, looking at the data and making sure that the labor burden you've got is is generating output, that you are generating production, and looking at, based on what the data tells you, wh- what are the right levels, getting that balancing correct. that That's absolutely essential. Tom, what thoughts do you have on this?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Those are some really good points, and I think it's, you know, if you, when you talk with uh, really, any employer, but specifically in the manufacturing uh, industry, you know, the, one of the biggest issues that they face is having access to a skilled labor force. And, you know, when you look in terms of, of your labor costs, I mean, the, the training component, um, you know, and, and being sure that you are identifying the, those, um, those employees who are longer term employees and that you're investing in them. It's not a cost, it's an investment. And then, you know, when you get into the whole, uh, the issue of whether you're talking about types of cost, or even, you know, whether you have fixed or variable cost, you know, there's a certainly going to be a component, I think more so today and in today's environment than maybe in years past, that a training component that really is a fixed cost. And, you know, that's what it's going to take because so many of, you know, the, the clients that I work with, they tell me that most of the training that occurs for them is, is, uh, internal. And, you know, if they, if they can, uh, find the labor force that, you know, uh, and put them in place, they can train them. Um, but again, I think that's going to be an ongoing process and it's going to be a fixed cost that, you know, is just a part of, of doing business.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, I, I would even add to that because I think you touched on this a little bit is that in, in an environment like we're in where, there is a real difficulty in access to skilled labor. Labor retention is going to be critical. So things that can be done, again, getting back to the, the, the buy-in business philosophy, those elements are, are, are significantly important in making sure that you keep your best people in your organization.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, we, you know, we talked a little bit about labor costs, you know, from a material cost perspective and, and, you know, maybe, you know, production costs in general, what we would refer there. Scott, what do you, you know, what have you seen with the recent, you know, shutdowns with, with a lot of manufacturing facilities, costs have been sort of all over the place uh, in terms of what, you know, we're seeing people trying to manage those risks there and what they're doing to control those costs. Maybe give us some some insight on what you've been seeing.
0: Well, it's no surprise to 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 anyone involved in this industry that we've seen a, a significant disruption in the supply chain in many, many areas. So one of the things that we would want to see most is that one of the things that our clients are doing is taking a look at their supply agreements, making sure that our clients have access to those critical components that are hard to get a hold of. One of the the examples I think of is with a generic pharmaceutical manufacturer that I used to work with. And one of their most important products had two suppliers in the entire world. And one of those suppliers exited the market. So basically at that point they were down to one and the one that, Exited the market was the one that they were buying from, and this client didn't have a supply agreement in place that was effective for the product they needed, and the significance of that product relative to their sales volume and and the support of the company. And there was they they had, as you might imagine, a big mess on their hands. And that's been ten years ago. That's before we ran into some of the supply chain issues we're dealing with right now. You know, certainly the most significant thing is to make sure that we are identifying, again, in the data, who our most important suppliers are, that we're reaching out to those suppliers and making sure, number one, that they've got the capacity to support our production. And then also to make sure that we have supply agreements in place to make sure that we can continue production. So this is before we even think about controlling cost, but through that process, that's where we establish those costs, right? That's, that's where we get into the details and make sure that not just we have the supply in place, but we've got that supply in place at a price that allows us to, to meet the market where it needs to be on the sales side, right? You know, most of our manufacturers operate in, in either somewhat of a cost plus or, you know, various forms of, of driving revenue based on the cost. But we want to make sure number one, we've got supply and we've got supply at an appropriate cost. What, what are you seeing in this, in this
1: area, Tom? Yeah, I, I think there's no coincidence that the best managed, you know, clients that, 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 that we work with, are you know by far and away the best communicators and they have the best relationships with, with really all of the stakeholders uh, in, in their business, but particularly with, with their vendors because they know that with you know the, the supply chain getting shortened with just in time you know, manufacturing um, processes being put in place, that's the key is for you know the communication to be there so that there are spikes or Uh, or uh, whatever it may be, you know, in in someone's production, you know, process, so that your vendors understand, you know, what your process is, so that they can make the decisions that they need to do to be a quality provider as well. You know, uh, another thing that we see, and I'll just kind of throw this in there, uh, and and really, this even kind of goes back, circling back maybe to some of the, the, the labor costs, is that, I see a lot of our clients, uh, and I know within CRI's footprint, every state that, that we're in has fantastic um, state universities that, that have this available, but through their extension services with their engineering schools, a lot of them bring in um, those extension agents literally on the business side and you know, more specific to what type of business, but let's just say it's a textile company. You know, There are textile engineers that can come in and take a look at your processes you know, take a look at your your shipping process. You know, maybe how you are packaging materials or, or whatever it may be. So, I, I just wanted to encourage you know uh, anyone that's listening that if you you know have some concerns, um, you know that's certainly a um, an avenue that you could uh, get some very high quality feedback on your processes. You know within your within your company.
0: Absolutely, absolutely true.
1: Scott, another thing that that really it just seems like every year this this piece of the cost puzzle just continues to 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 grow and be more and more burdensome. But compliance costs, and you know whether it be at the state level, the federal level, I know uh, you know all manufacturers are 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 burdened with making sure that they are complying with with whatever laws, regulations it it, it may be, but. Share with us a little bit about what maybe you see on those regards.
0: Well, one of the oldest forms of costs that we've seen as it relates to compliance, Tom, is related to safety. And we would hope that uh, most of our clients by now um, are are at a very mature state when it comes to uh, production safety, facility safety, uh, safety and transportation, things like that. Um, if not, you know, we certainly have some resources available to help, uh, help folks so that they can get, get to where they need to be just because that's a cost that doesn't necessarily add value, but it can add a whole lot of problems if it's not under control. So, you know, certainly that's one of the oldest and and most frequently encountered compliance costs. But as you say, we're starting to see a lot more compliance activity in the manufacturing area, but we're also seeing the opportunities for some benefits. One of the benefits I see is the potential for GMP, uh, good manufacturing processes. Getting, getting that certification can, can provide a competitive advantage. It gives you a little bit of, of something to sell to your customers that your competitors maybe have or maybe don't. And in following those processes, that helps you work out a lot of the kinks when it comes to compliance with either with um, product storage, product safety, things of that nature. So that's one of the things I've seen some of my clients exploring, Tom. I've seen them exploring GMP. What 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 are you seeing as well?
1: Yeah, we we see that, and obviously you mentioned you know in any type of safety type issues. You know, we we work a lot with uh, food processors, and obviously food safety and the tolerance of you know what is allowed. I mean, when you talk with. Uh, some of the um, companies that operate in that space it's incredible the um, cleanliness and and the regulation that you know whether it be the USDA or whatever it is that that is monitoring that that holds them accountable for and that they are far and away uh, above and beyond you know what's required but but it is costly and it is something that you know certainly needs to be looked at on an on ongoing basis but again it's a it's a cost of doing business but you know you 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 don't a lot of these times, you know, you have a food order and it doesn't meet those specific um, tolerances. You know, there, there's, no, there's no redo on that. You've got really one, one shot at it because you you're at limited shelf availability or your shelf life. You know, you're just not going to have an opportunity to, to rework or whatever that, that, that may be.
0: There's no plan B there, is there?
1: Absolutely. And one, not. Of, the,
0: <laughs> and one of the things um, related to that, that we've also seen the cost of, of clean rooms is, is really escalating. Um, so that, that's something to watch for our, 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 clients and prospects that are in industries that require that level of, 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 of product
1: control. Absolutely. Well, Scott, thanks again for sharing your expertise with us today. And, uh, I know there's been a lot of, uh, valuable information that you've been able to share to our listeners and, you know, just as a recap, you know, if you can't measure it, you, you can't improve it. But, you know, that measurement goes goes beyond, you know, just true dollars and cents and cost component. You know, it's your key performance indicators, whatever they may be in your business, whether it's cultural. And obviously, some of them are related to costs. But, you know, there may be some some other areas that aren't necessarily measured strictly off um, dollars and cents. So thanks again to our audience. And uh, again, uh, we welcome you to visit our website at cricpa.com dot com for additional information. And thanks again.
0: Thank you, Tom. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at cricpa.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today,
1: please leave us a review.